Welcome to Meekum Presents On The Move, brought to you by State Farm. It's the show geared toward keeping you up to speed with the latest auto news, event coverage, and expert industry insight. Now, here are your hosts, Matt Avery and John Craman. Hey, and welcome to another On The Move. I'm Matt Avery, and joining me is co-host John Craman, lead TV commentator for Mecham Auctions on NBCSN. Hey, John, it is time uh, for us to get ready for the Muscle Car and Corvette Nationals taking place in Rosemont. And today we are checking in with Bob Ashen, managing partner of the show, for the final look at this awesome event. And uh, we'll get all the latest details. Before we do, uh, the year is quickly coming to an end, and we still have one more final car auction. Mecham will be headed to Kansas City December 2nd through the 4th with 700 cars and TV coverage on NBCSN. And John, speaking of TV coverage, that's uh, <laughs> something that our customers and enthusiasts love seeing is Mecham Auctions on TV. And we have some major news coming for 2022, and it is Mecham Auctions is headed to Motor Trend Plus. Now, a lot of listeners are probably going to be very excited and also have a lot of questions about that. So fill us in. What are the details? What's changing and what's remaining the same? All right. Well, let's kind of take it back to the beginning, Matt. Uh, earlier this year, NBC overall announced that they would be closing down, shutting down the NBC SN channel. It is going dark at the end of 2021. And we uh, were told by NBC that uh, they were going to jump through hoops to try to keep us in the family. But unfortunately, that did not happen. Uh, so what we did is, is we have worked out a deal with what's referred to as Motor Trend Group and specifically Motor Trend TV and Motor Trend Plus, the app, will be hosting Mecham Auctions beginning in calendar year 2022. Of course, we'll kick that off with the Kissimmee Auction. We really kicked this thing into high gear, Matt, at the recent SEMA event with a little press conference with uh, Alex Wellen. He's the chief of the Motor Trend Group, along with Dave Majors, who is the Mecham chief executive officer. Uh, that was followed up the next day with a little discussion uh, between a Motor Trend host and Katie Osborne and myself, which were there to represent Mecham, and uh, had, a, had a good time with that. And I'm just so proud to say that not only do we have a great multi-year deal that's going to provide a tremendous amount of live programming covering 11 auctions next year. Very excited about that. But that the entire existing group is going to stay together. Scott Hoke will remain as host. Of course, I'll be the lead TV commentator analyst. Stephen Cox, Bill Stevens, Flow Reporters, and Katie Osborne, of course, joining us uh, along as well. Also have been told no real changes to the way that we run the production. And just a final uh, comment on this is we've also been told that we will be having some of our programming on the Mothership Discovery and that we also may be doing some companion shows similar to what we've done in the past as far as Mika main attractions, top tens, other specials, uh, still trying to get some clarity on that direction. But overall, we're very pleased and very excited. We've got a linear channel that cable subscribers can go to on Motor Trend TV and lots of folks out there have the Motor Trend app. You can also watch it on that. So needless excuse my excitement but we're really really proud to be headed to motor trend beginning in 2022 yeah well you said it well john it really is exciting and 2022 will be a very exciting year for for mecham now you mentioned the sema show and mecham auctions was an exhibitor before we get to our uh, impressions of uh, being at the show you and i both were there you made a little detour before headed to Las Vegas. You went out to L.A., and I know you were thrilled because you had a chance to see the recently unveiled 2023 
Corvette Z06, one of the highest performing uh, trims that Chevrolet has offered. What were your thoughts and what remind us, what are some of the specs? Yeah, un- unbelievable. You know, the excitement of the C8 Corvette, of course, uh, began 2020 uh, with that first production year. Now, as you mentioned, 2023, the Z06 will be released. In fact, they're saying maybe delivery starting around summer of 2022. Wide body styling is the first thing that you see and some tweaks, frankly, to the overall look of it. Not anything major, but a lot of subtle tweaks. But really, it's all about the 5.5 liter flat plane crank, double overhead cam, four valve per cylinder, V8 engine, still with that eight speed uh, dual clutch transmission, of course, factory horsepower rating has been announced 670. That's a big bump up from the 495 on the conventional V8 on the regular Stingray, but not a lot of other data yet, Matt, no pricing yet. I'm going to predict that maybe the coupe version convertible will be available as well probably going to be in the ninety thousand dollar range as a starting point that's just my guess and there will in fact be a z07 performance variant available as well now they had a z07 version of the z of the z06 corvette there at the peterson museum in los angeles i got to see it in person it was a cutaway which was great to see the inside of it and they also had on display a regular what we'll call a base if there is such a thing Z06 that really had an upscale, restrained look to it. But I think that that personality of that's all going to change when you push that start button and listen to that exotic exhaust note. One of the most anticipated Corvettes in history, just around the corner. (laughs) What was the color of the car they had on display? Yeah, it was Red Mist, which was a color that we first saw in 2021. Really cool with what, what they refer to as the natural dipped interior. And it was the convertible version. Very stunning. Big crowd around it. Everybody just going crazy over this thing. And again, the number one big question everybody has, what's it going to cost? So we're all holding our breath. (laughs) Well, John, as I mentioned, it is uh, time for the SEMA show. It's early November, and this year the show went off, and it was so great to be back on site for uh, for that event in person. And, uh, you know, SEMA is such a special event and it's so storied and it's an event steeped in uh, history and heritage. The organization was founded in 1963 and the first recognized SEMA show was held in 1967. Now, SEMA stands for the Specialty Equipment Market Association. And it's really important to stress, John, because this event is way more than a car show. It, at its core, is a trade show where it really is an opportunity for uh, parts manufacturers exhibitors, anyone involved in racing and competition and the industry to meet in one spot, show off what they've been working on. And uh, it really is a great opportunity for you and I to kind of see where the industry is headed, what the latest trends are. Uh, This year, there was around 1,300 exhibitors. And what's interesting is that, like I said, it's not a car show, but there's a lot of cars on site because the tradition is a lot of these exhibitors, they will have a kind of a showcase vehicle in their booth. So you think that a lot of these exhibitors are bringing out, you know, parts and pieces for cars. And you think that could be kind of, you know, maybe a little boring, but what they do is they allow a a builder to showcase their products on some kind of a radical over-the-top creation. That's what makes this event so neat is that you're walking up and down these booths and just seeing all these top, top vehicles along with some of the latest products. And the other thing too, that's interesting, John, is that 
you and I have identified over the years we've been going more of a presence from the major automakers because they are seeing that this isn't just the custom car scene, but this is really one of the the gathering places for what's hot in the industry. So it is always fun uh, for us to be on site. Like I said, Meekin was an exhibitor. We had a great uh, booth outside. Something else that caught my attention was in the Chevrolet booth, and that was a uh, third-gen Camaro that Brian Scotto mentioned uh, on last week's show that his team had put together with the latest ZZ632 crate engine, 1,000 horsepower. And it's funny because you and I were talking about what would he do with uh, a hood (laughs) because we were like, that engine is so big. Would it be a big cow? Would it be a big cutout? Come to find out, no hood. Well, and I don't, I don't know how, the, how they would get a hood on it, Matt. I was concerned when we first talked about how tall and physically big that engine was. Right. Is that how would they get a hood scoop on it? Well, you know what? Looking at the car there at SEMA that we had just talked about, you know, a week or two before, I'm not even sure that the hood would even clear the valve covers, much less the intake manifold. So, yeah, really cool. Certainly there will be a way to do it. Right. And uh, I think that that's going to be a really popular engine for those that want a ton of horsepower, but yet without power at such as turbochargers and superchargers. And Chevy has announced the price of that crate engine, by the way, at around $30,000. Might sound expensive, but this is a very well-designed and engineered and thought-out turnkey bolt-in big block crate engine I don't think the price is too bad, man. Right. Something else, another vehicle that stopped you in your tracks, and then it stopped me in my tracks, <laughs> was a 1948 Chevy pickup. And John, I think it's safe to say that part of the reason why you and I were so mesmerized by it is that it's it's pretty uncommon to come across something that we really think will be a game changer in the industry. So fill us in, what all was uh, special about this truck? Well, let me tell you, Matt, you know, both you and I were there walking around. There's so much to see. The central hall really is kind of ground zero for leading edge aftermarket items, everything from A to Z. And so that's where I like to spend the bulk of my time. It's the most relevant to the uh, automotive performance world. That having said, there was a truck, a really well done 48 Chevy 3100 truck, beautiful, kind of a ruby red paint, gorgeous custom interior. But there's something very special that caught my eye. First of all, there was a huge crowd around it. It is powered by hydrogen. And when I say that, hydrogen powered cars have been around for a while, but it's traditionally where the hydrogen is converted to electrical power and it runs, instead of batteries, it runs the electric motors. In fact, Toyota and Hyundai have had those vehicles in production for quite some time now. But that's not the case with this, Matt. It is powered by a supercharged 6.2-liter GM LS engine with a Tremec five-speed manual transmission, and it burns hydrogen. You heard me right. It has been modified, and not real heavily, to actually burn hydrogen. Now, it's in the very, very early stages. It is a running concept. The folks at Arrington Performance are well-known primarily for current-generation Hemi Performance. And we've had a little bit of experience with those guys in the past. But this is cutting-edge news as it is a zero-emission vehicle with only a slight reduction in potential power over conventional gasoline. The Supercharge LS putting out about 500 horsepower 
on hydrogen. So this is just a little bit of a teaser. It really kind of blew my mind because I had never heard of anybody converting a conventional ICE engine to run on hydrogen. And I think we're going to be hearing more about this in the future. And guess what? We're going to have the folks from Harrington Performance on a future podcast to take us even further into this. And even even the folks at SEMA were excited about it to the point where they featured this at their banquet. Right. Well, and it's interesting too, John, because we are, like a lot of people, looking out to the future of this industry that we love so much. And this year, there was uh, more and more electric conversions on display. Right. But it really does seem like uh, it that hasn't caught on main stream yet, whereas something like this really does have a lot of potential for people to utilize existing powertrains and retrofit them with cleaner burning technology. So it's well really said. exciting, yep. really interesting. Uh, now, something else we spotted as we were looking at trends is what you're calling uh, Bronco mania. Indeed. Uh, because traditionally at the SEMA show, uh, a lot of these aftermarket companies who kind of either partner or contract shops to build a, a vehicle to put on display, they look at what's hot in the uh, showrooms to see what's the newest car um, that's out there. And of course, this year, a lot of the buzz was about Ford's Bronco. And little surprise, there was a ton of both two and four-door Bronco, customized Broncos on display. Now, you were uh, attracted to a Bronco Sport. Uh, why was that? What made that one so uh, appealing to you? Well, you had actually pointed out to me, and I hadn't seen it yet, but I did go over and looked at it, and it really captivating it, captivated me. Now, keep in mind, the Bronco Sport is kind of the entry-level Bronco or the little Bronco. Uh, essentially based on the Ford Escape platform. It is really shares nothing in common with what I now refer to as the big Bronco. But this Bronco Sport four-door, they're all four-doors, was dressed in the big Ole paint scheme, that real distinctive white and gold two-tone combination. And I have to say, it looked fantastic. Pretty good crowd around that one as well. Ford is all in, Matt, on the Bronco as a huge part of Ford's future. No doubt about that. And it joins really a lot of the other inventory there at SEMA. Very strong on imports and pro touring trucks, 4x4s, uh, Jeeps were there, you know, big, big presence as well. But it was really, I would have to say, it was the Bronco, the current generation Bronco, the new ones, that really got the bulk of the attention. Ford was giving drives there on them. They were all over the place. They were in all the booths. Uh, lots of components being manufactured by the Bronco. And I have to say, uh, the excitement, uh, I think, went up a notch or two, which is already very high on that all-new Ford Bronco. We see them on the Mecham auction block to this day, bringing well over window sticker. They are white hot on the market. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, too, because you mentioned the Bronco Sport done up in kind of a, a tribute to the very iconic livery on the big Ole Bronco, which Mecham sold at this year's Indy auction for $1.87 million, John. And come to find out, Big Ole was on site at the SEMA show in a special uh, area they had for uh, the greats of off-road racing. So it was just kind of neat how all of that was swirling together. Right on. So now, John, uh, looking out to uh, some events that you and I have coming up, you are headed back out to L.A. You've got kind of a, a special uh, ceremony or, or event with the Barris family. Fill us in. What all are you doing out there? Well, there's been so much talk, Matt, with the influence of Barris, George Barris and his family, uh, Barris Custom City located 
in North Hollywood, California, certainly Kissimmee, Florida, our auction there uh, coming up in January, a couple of very important cars, the Hero Hata Merc, which is maybe the best known custom of all time, and the, the Munster TV car, the Dragula, the car that Grandpa Munster drove, uh, also going to be at that auction as well. But really kind of unrelated to that is is the sale and the, the ultimate closure of Barris Custom City, located kind of on the corner of Riverside and Lancashire Boulevard in North Hollywood. And I was invited by Joji Barris, George Barris's daughter. We lost George in 2015. And her husband, Barry, have invited me and a handful of others to attend the final event. It was just a very, it will be a very kind of a somber event to celebrate all the years of Barris Custom City. Uh, the property has been sold. It's going to be redeveloped. But the good news is, is they have purchased property in a facility up in Ventura, California, about an hour northwest. And they're going to be taking a lot of the items that George had collected over the years, including some of the very famous cars he was known for, to continue to have those on display for folks that want to see them. So they're keeping the legacy alive. They're just moving it an hour northwest. Now, what have you got coming in to take us through uh, the end of the year? Well, as we've said, McCacken is coming up very shortly, and you and I, oh, don't, yeah. we, we just don't attend, but we also are uh, doing several special things on site. Starting with on Saturday, I'll be one of the featured authors signing copies of my Copo book that came out a couple years ago. The uh, legendary cars processed through Chevrolet's central office are, are well-known at McCacken, and uh, some of the best examples will be on site. Now, John, you're doing several different things, starting with you are moderating a panel of young and up-and-coming auto enthusiasts, the next generation, and I really like the title. It's called uh, Meet the Future. It's really neat. What all is that about, and who are these individuals? Yeah, really excited about this, Matt. There are going to be seven young. These are in their early 20s and younger, down into their teens, and one even, not even a teenager yet, uh, Ava Lale, who, who is well-known for all of us. Uh, anyway, they're going to be there. We're going to be doing a panel, a discussion panel, both days of Macaque and Saturday and Sunday, with these youngsters to kind of dive into their thoughts about, about how they got started, how they got uh, their foot in the door and what they have brought to McCacken to show off their own particular handiwork. So I'll, I'll be hosting that really honored that Bob Ashton, uh, has asked me to do that and always glad to help out wherever I can, particularly when it comes to youth. And then finally my band, my rock band, classic rock band, Redline 7,000, uh, once again, we'll be playing, uh, at McCacken. We'll be playing right before the award ceremony. Wow. That'll be Sunday afternoon. We'll play about an hour set of a bunch of really cool old favorites. So I think it's going to be, you know, uh, business as usual after, of course, McCacken being canceled last year for the COVID reasons. Right. Now, John, before we close out the year, I've got one more event that I'll be attending in addition to what we've talked about so far, and that is the Daytona Turkey Rod Run. Now, this takes place over the Thanksgiving holiday, and it takes place in Daytona Beach, Florida, right at the Daytona International Speedway. So it's a great setting. It's a great group of cars, and uh, really, I enjoy spending the holiday taking it all in, and uh, the Mika Mobile Experience is on site. Mecham is a uh, exhibitor at this event, and it really is the perfect place for people in that Florida area. As we gear up for the world's largest collector car auction, Mecham Kissimmee, it's the perfect place to come, get your questions answered, and get ready for Mecham Kissimmee. Mecham Auctions is proud to bring you On the Move with Matt Avery and John Craman. For more on the world of collector cars, head over to Mecham.com. Now let's get back to the show. 
Matt, the single most anticipated event other than a Mecham auction on our annual schedule is the Muscle Car and Corvette Nationals held at the Donald Stevens Convention Center, Rosemont, Illinois, running November 20th and the 21st. Uh, Referred to as the center of the muscle car universe, I call it the Pebble Beach of muscle car. That's my own little name for it. And to take us uh, inside a little bit, let us know what we can uh, look forward to, is our good friend, the managing member of McCacken, as it's referred to. Bob Ashton is on the phone with us. Bob, I know you're crazy busy, man, but thanks for taking some time to uh, jump on the show with uh, Matt and myself this morning. Well, thanks so much for allowing me to spread the word. You know what? It, it is crunch time. We're uh, closing in on the big day and super pumped and excited about it. All right. This is the 12th event. Uh, you've been involved in every single one of those. What can we look forward to this year, especially? Let's start out by talking about how many vehicles and how many exhibitors are you expecting? Well, we're always still building the uh, Donald E. Stevens Convention Center to capacity. So we hover right around 550 cars. Wow. That's probably one of the neatest things is this year we have cars coming in from 41 different states, and I'm super pumped about the fact that we can welcome back our Canadian friends from north of the border because the border is now open. Yay. We get great participation from our uh, Canadian friends. What about exhibitors? Ex- Exhibitor-wise, you know, we're... Uh, we're seeing it's going to be a record year. There's no doubt about it. Cool. One of the telltale signs that I always go by from you know behind the scenes type of thing is the amount of hotel bookings. And you know, anticipating a big year, we actually expanded the amount of official host hotels because I work really hard on getting good deals for everybody. And uh, we have six official host hotels. Wow. Four of them have been sold out for a couple months. And uh, the other two, I've been notified, they're real close to being sold out. And when I say sold out, it's like, we don't do a 20-room block. We have the entire Doubletree, two-thirds of the the embassy suites. We have about uh, half of the Hilton. We've got a good portion of the Hyatt. So this is literally well over 2,000 room nights. Oh, my. Wow. Now, all of the cars on site are not just parked together. Bob, your team does such a great job of breaking them up into smaller groups and gatherings and invitationals, special displays uh, to really spotlight certain makes, certain models, certain types. So uh, when it comes to the invitationals this year, what all do you have planned? Because as you know, since we weren't able to hold the show in 2020, I am. We always do our anniversary displays, which would be the class of 1970 and the class of 71. And, you know, we can all agree those are two of the pinnacle years for right, muscle. And, right. You know, with the cancellation, of course, there was no way we were going to not celebrate the 1970 model year. And then so we decided to combine both the 70 and the 71, not, not combine the display, but have separate displays as we always do. And then also add something new we call transitions, which is going to pair up 70 and 71 model year cars that underwent a major transformation styling wise. Okay. So, um, like the Charger, the Mustang, the American Motors Javelins and AMXs, the uh, Roadrunner. So, seeing those side by side is going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, that combined with our regular class of 1970 and the class of 71, those are certainly going to be highlights this year 
Something else that uh, guests have really come to enjoy and come to know uh, for McCacken are the unveilings. Now, these are vehicles that are emerging from complete restorations, being seen for the first time. And I know that in years past, you guys have had a ton of these. Bob, how many do you have in the works for this year's show? And once again, a new record for <laughs> McCacken. We have 25 premier unveilings wow. this year. So we, we're going to kick off at 9.15. Um, which is a little earlier than we normally do. And we don't stop until 1 o'clock with unveilings happening every 10 minutes nonstop. Other than the cars, other than exhibitors, you've got a lot of other events going on too there, Bob. Um, there are a lot of seminars and forums, and I know that you have been, there's one particular that, that you and I both have a very special interest in. I love the name you've come up with, Meet the Future. What is that all about? Well, you know, um, this is something I was really excited to get you involved with, John, because we've had this discussion before. It's a kind of question for us to get, you know, what, what is, what does the future hold? You know, are these kids going to get into it? And as you know, my son Ian, who's the integral part of the show, has been active since he was a little kid for some reason. I don't know how that happened. (laughs) But also now my grandkids, you know, my uh, 12-year-old granddaughter Emily is with me when we do set up and, and she's become a big part of the show and a lot of fun. So, I'm here to say there is a future, and I wanted to drive home that message in any way we can. And one of the cool things that happened was we have a 13-year-old young man joining us who is the actual owner of a 1965 Barracuda. So it kind of started with that. I invited him to bring the car out. I talked to his dad and his mom about it You know, when they told me they bought the car. So I invited him to come out, and I said, well, you know, the car's not really that pretty, and it's going to be a long-term project. And I said, I don't care. Bring that thing in. Let's let's show people the passion of the future generation. And I put the word out and talked to another one of our regulars who's actually bringing in a beautiful AAR Cuda. And he said, hey, my grandson and I are in the middle of restoring a 69 Mach 1. And Mm -hmm. I met the grandson at the show. He, He had introduced me to him. And again, these are kids that to them and mom and dad saying, hey, let's go work on these. These are kids that are actively involved pursuing the hobby, researching, going online, chasing parts. They have a real vision for these cars. So uh, we are going to do a panel discussion with these two young men. And also, those of you who have been to McCacken before have seen our ASA race car emblazoned with the McCacken logos. The young man who drives that is now 14 years old, and we've watched him come up from the driving the little uh, midgets and, and go-karts, actually, and now graduating to a full-sized ASA car, which is powered by a 350 Chevy, and doing really well. He's 14 years old, and he's out there mixing it up with the adults. And, um, and also, kind of a twist to it is young ladies. Um, I've got our lovely Adriana that graces the cover of our magazine, who actually started pure stock drag racing in the W30 Oldsmobile when she was 16 years old. Um, She's 22 now, still racing every year. And, uh, you know, she's going to join us for the discussion. And also I have a 22-year-old young lady who restored a 340 Duster. And it is a beautiful car. And I met her and her father a couple years ago. And he emphasized that Alexandra was the one who restored this car with her assistance, not Alexandra assisting dad. So, um, 
they'll all be part of this panel discussion. It'll be moderated by you, Mr. Craman, and uh, we're going to show people that there really is a future in our hobby. That's fantastic. Uh, just a, uh, just so much gratitude towards you, Bob, for putting this group together. There will be a total of seven young auto enthusiasts as part of this panel. This is going to be occurring both days of the event, both Saturday and Sunday. And uh, anybody that's going to be there, I invite you to come on out and take a look at what we are referring to as uh, the movers and shakers of the young generation of auto enthusiasts. Absolutely. And, and both Brandon and Christoph will have their cars in the show. They'll be near our kids zone. And, um, you know, I encourage everybody to go by and say hello. And, and believe me, you'll know that they are real enthusiasts. They're not just coming along for the ride. They're, they're great kids. And, uh, of course you'll meet, meet, uh, Adriana cause we've got a new poster with her and, uh, she'll be signing near one of the cars out at the front. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. You've got some other special guests coming in the form of some of the top um, automotive personalities from TV, print, and media. Who all do you have attending this year? Well, of course, we have Wayne Carini coming out. Um, he'll be, uh, as I understand, there's going to be a special announcement in the Mecham display that involves Mr. <laughs> Love it. I'm not going to let too much more, but just uh, pay, stay tuned for more on that. And also, um, we have some of the true legends of pro stock drag racing from the seventies. And that includes Butch Leal, better known as the California flash. We've got Herb McCandless, Mr. Four speed. Of course, Arnie Beswick, our good friend, Arnie, the farmer Beswick. We've got two of his cars at the show this year with Arnie. And, um, we've got members of the Volkswagen muscle team with two of their cars. We've got uh, grumpy Jenkins, 72 Vega. So, and again, there, in addition to having those cars on site, we're also going to be doing a panel discussion with these legendary drag racers. Got a question for you, Bob. Uh, once again, you've invited uh, my three-piece classic rock band, Redline 7000, to play. We'll be playing, actually, uh, right before the award ceremony on Sunday. And in the past, several times, you have joined us for a tune up on the stage. Now, for people that are listening, you are the man behind the curtain. You are literally the Wizard of Oz at this event and very busy. What's the chance you're going to be able to break free a little bit on Sunday afternoon and join us on stage? Well, you know, anytime I have the opportunity to get on a stage, I'm going to take it. And the the downside is the fact that every year I say, hey, I'm going to actually practice a little bit so I can uh, play halfway decent. And every year, here I am a week before and I still haven't touched my drum set since uh, <laughs> last year, which this year happens to be two years ago. Um, with your invitation, you know I'm not going to pass up the opportunity. Your, your band rocks. I mean, they, <laughs> they are awesome. And I think we all surprise a lot of people, not not just me when I get up there, but I think I don't know how many people have come up to me and they're drawn to the music, and then they look up there and they see you with a guitar standing in front of a mic and go, is that that John guy from Meekum? <laughs> it's like, yes, it is. And And – you know, your bass player and your drummer, they're fantastic musicians. And just, again, we just have a lot of fun with it. And I'd be honored to step in again, if you'll allow me. Well, uh, invitation certainly there. And then on Saturday, you've got uh, Chicago blues legend, Marty Big Dog Mercer, and his band are going to be there too. So 
Uh, obviously, a lot of great personalities, a lot of great cars, a lot of great exhibitors, entertainment, some really good panels. Man, once again, you have put together really a stellar event, and I'm just going to remind you, as I do every year, that this event is simply too short. Two days is not enough to take it all in. That is so true. I, I've told you before, I can think of times walking back from the awards presentation when it's all over on Sunday night and seeing the tail end of a car getting loaded into a trailer going, dang, I really wanted to stop and get a look at that car up close, you know, run over and get a quick peek of it. But there's just so much to see. And probably the best part is just the interaction with the owners. You know, I, yeah. I often call our show the great equalizer because you see these guys and you see these cars that we've seen in national magazines and on TV and, you know, um, getting the opportunity to meet these owners and interact. It doesn't matter whether the owner has a multi-million dollar, you know, Hemi convertible or he's got a beautiful 69 Z28 that, you know, might be a $30,000 car. They, everybody has a story and they're willing to share. And just, to me, it's so neat to see the interaction with the exhibitors and the participants and um, when the spectators get to come in and see these cars it's just so much fun so rewarding speaking of spectators for people that want to attend bob what do they need to know about getting a ticket so that they can be there in person well uh, of course the box office is open right in the lobby of the donald e stevens convention center so you can walk up and buy an adult admission ticket and kids 12 and under always get in free so we again you know trying to keep that future generation involved bring the kids out show them what's going on we've got scavenger hunt we've got model car make and take we've got um, the Haggerty youth judging program so lots of activities for the kids and the younger people also that are all totally free um, so again the, the tickets are available in the box office you can also purchase what we call an express entry ticket which means you won't have to wait in line as long quite simply and those can be purchased through our website, www.mcacn.com in advance. And we've got some Chicago area outlets also that offer uh, advanced sale tickets. And you can see those on our website. Um, you pick up the tickets. And again, there, it makes getting into the show and onto the grounds a little bit easier. But um, come on down and see us. We're, we're pumped up and ready. Now, you are the managing partner for this event, and that means that you have some other partners that are equally important. Bob, who are some of those other players that are helping you throughout the year getting this event organized? Well, Matt, I really appreciate you asking because, you know, of course, I'm the face. Everybody knows me as being the face, but it did take our group to make this happen. I think that's the reason that the show is so successful and that there are eight of us that are partners in the show. And some of the names will be familiar, you know, of course, Stefano Bimby from Nikki Performance out in Love's Park, and Colin Comer from Colin's Classics in Milwaukee, Mike Waris, who's an incredible, uh, we all know Mike, and we've known him for many years, he has a beautiful collection of cars, and Charlie Lillard joins us from California, and again, you know, collector, hardcore enthusiast, and uh, our good buddy Bill Sefton, known for his massive Mopar collection, and Although his place is called the Red Vet Ranch, you know, he's got a diverse collection also. And then Tony Lucas out in Virginia and uh, Steve Shogger, who runs our vintage certification program. They're uh, all our, we're all partners in this. We all share the passion and enthusiasm. And, uh, you know, I'm very fortunate and blessed to be able to live my dream. 
Bob, as always, thank you so much for your enthusiasm and your ability to put together our favorite car show on the planet. Look very much forward to seeing you and all the cars, all the action, all the excitement coming up November 20th and the 21st at the Donald Stevenson Convention Center. Once again, this is the 12th Muscle Car and Corvette Nationals just around the corner. See you there, buddy. Thank you so much for allowing me to spread the word. You've been listening to Meekin Presents On The Move, brought to you by State Farm. For more information, visit Meekin.com. And join us again next time as we take you inside the world of muscle and collector cars and more.